You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. We thank you for this evening. We thank you for everyone that's here. We thank you for every single member of the LifePoint Church, for every leader, for every worker, for every member, for everybody that attends, Lord, for every single person, Daddy, we just say thank you. We say thank you for all that you're doing in all our lives. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. I pray, Lord, that we have hearts that are willing ears that hear, eyes that see this evening as we listen to your message. I pray, Lord, that you speak through me, Lord, and that every single thing that you want me to say, I will say, and that we would hear exactly what it is that you want for us this evening in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for everything. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. This light, as I was praying, it got hot, and I was like, oh my, I can feel the Holy Spirit. Please, can you put us dim it? Small, please. So, you know, let me just crack it. Sorry. I can't help myself. People just have to forgive me for being myself. So whenever I see these things, can you remember all those music videos where the mic will be hanging and you grab it and you start singing? I'm like, I, I wish you could just come down, you know, and I could be like a singer while I'm, you know, preaching. But no. So people are saying, why, why now? It would be nice. Wouldn't that be nice? Imagine if P.I. was preaching on this Sunday and it was just hanging. Just hold it. Thank you. We're going to do it. Good man. That's why I like you, Ejiru. Nothing is impossible. Amen. All right. So good evening, everyone. How's everybody doing? It feels a bit interesting being up here looking at all your beautiful faces. Wow, you guys are good-looking lot. Okay. So I'm going to be um, speaking about three things, really. Um, so I keep thinking about the fact that, you know, Easter. Easter is over, you know. So there was, there was Good Friday, then Saturday, Resurrection Sunday, and then there was Easter Monday. And then Tuesday is just like, okay. And then Wednesday is like, you know, so like the days seemingly become normal, right? But if we think about what Easter represents, then the days should not be normal. Am I correct? Because there's so much power that has been released from the gift of Christ and the gift of Easter. So I hope that there's nobody here that feels like life is normal again. Please don't let that happen to you. You know, it's a matter of engaging the promises and that gift with your mind, it all starts with you. So personally, I have had a terrific week. You know, yesterday was terrific Tuesday. Today is wonderful Wednesday because I am declaring by force that every single day is wonderful, even though Easter is over. Hallelujah. Okay, so I'm going to be speaking um, quickly on destiny, distractions, and discernment. The three Ds. Sorry, I'm corny like that. I just had to make them um, flow with the same letters. So in the wake of, you know, Easter and all that good stuff, I'm just thinking about the gift of the Holy Spirit. You know, I've been thinking about everyone, myself, yourself, everybody, and our destiny. And when you think about destiny, you know, you, you kind of start to ask yourself, who am I? You know, like, who, who is Nifemi? Who is Folusha? Who is Shola? You know, who is P.I.? Who is everybody? Who is Olamide? Who am I as a person? Um... As I was studying for this, you know, one thing that kept coming to my mind was Christ did not leave us as orphans. You know, even though, you know, the whole resurrection exciting weekend is over, we're not alone. We've not been left as orphans. There's a scripture in John 14, 16 to 21 that says, and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. 
Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live, you will also live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father and I too will show them and show myself to them. Sorry, I too will love them and show myself to them. You know, so I read the scripture and I started thinking to myself, you know, so what does this mean for, you know, everyday life? You know, so today is Wednesday, April, I think 24th or something. You know, what does a scripture like this mean after Christ has died for us? He has ascended into heaven and he has sent us the gift of the Holy Spirit. And I started to think of all the different things that are available to us as Christians to help with our destiny, to help with our purpose, to help with our lives. And I realized that in order for you to enjoy the things that Christ has given to us, you have to be extremely intentional. And why is this? Because there are many things contending with your destiny. And that's just the truth, right? So we can't be in denial about the fact that there are several things on a daily basis that are contending with our destiny. So don't you know, think that because you are cute, your makeup is on fleek, your hair is on point, you have a nice car, I don't know, you're in a nice Uber, you're in a nice bus, whatever it is, that things are not contending. There's always things contending with your destiny. And it's very important as Christians that we know what to do contending that. So, you know, while I was thinking about that, I was like, okay, so things are contending with our destiny. What do we do about that? And I started um, remembering a time when the Lord was showing me a lot about the mindset and how one of our greatest issues as believers is our minds because the truth of what he did for us, you know, it's kind of like counterintuitive, right? So in the physical, it's like, eh, somebody died for you people, sure, you know, but that's what happened, right? So that, you know, that almost, um, it's almost like, a, like opposing forces that are fighting. And so we have to be very intentional and very deliberate about how we are imposing what God did for us into our daily lives, right? And so that's when we got into this whole conversation about the mindset and our minds and the word of God. So there was a period in my life when I was trying to build up my mindset and what God said about me because I was going through some very interesting things. And I started to study the word of God and what he says about me. Pia is always saying about how we are the resident prophets of our lives, you know. And so we have to take ownership of the promises that the Bible has for us, right? Now, I know from Easter and all the beautiful things that I've heard and seen that Christ has left me with the Holy Spirit. I have power, you know. I have all these amazing things. You know, the Bible says I'm the light of the world. I'm a city on a hill and all that good stuff. But how do I actually impose that into my daily life? You know, I went to work today. Like, how does that work when I'm at work? How does it work when I'm at home? How does it work when I'm in Lagos traffic and I'm really angry because, you know, somebody's trying to hit me or whatever the case may be? For me personally, I'll tell you some of the things that I've done. So I have been very intentional about superimposing the word of God into my head. And what I do is I literally put scriptures about the mind, you know, anything it is that, that I'm trying to work on in that season, I put it everywhere. So if you look at my phone sometimes, you know, if you just happen to look at my phone, you'll see random screensavers that I've created that are, you know, um, scriptures that I'm believing God for in that season or like God is trying to teach me about my mind. You know, I make screensavers out of them. All of you are, I mean, is there anybody here minus, I'm not going to say his name, that's, that's over the age of 30. <laughs> anybody here over the age of 30? Eh, Nobody. Besides, yay. Besides PI, okay, one person. I'm, ah, only three of us are about the age of 30 here. 
Okay, more people are confessing. Okay, so there's a few of us <laughs> that are over the age of 30 here. Most people now kind of, you know, know how to use apps to create these graphics, right? So instead of creating graphics with your slay mama look and, you know, changing your skin color and all that and your hair, no shade to anyone, create some graphics about scripture, <laughs> you know? Create some graphics about those things that God is saying about you and put them on your phone. Go to your office and put post-it notes all over your desk. Put it in your bathroom. If you're not sharing a bathroom with anyone, and they won't think you're even if they think you're weird, it's okay. This you can declare the scripture. But the point is, put it everywhere. There was a time that in my car, I put it like on the seat in front of me, like I pasted it. I can do some really weird things, but it depends on what's going on. And the reason for this is that we must superimpose the reality of heaven into our daily lives. We cannot take it for granted. You can't just say, oh, you know. Yeah, you know, life is good, you know, I have a good job and, you know, everything is just great or just complain that, oh, things are not working out for me. Whether life is good or it's not good for you at the moment, there are things contending with your destiny. That is the God honest truth. And we have to realize that we must prepare our minds and ourselves by daily looking at those, at those scriptures, you know. So, you know, I have these things everywhere. I have declarations, you know, I have them on my phone. I have reminders saying, declare at noon, declare at 3 p.m., you know, declare at 3 p.m., you know. And all these things actually help because what happens is when you're going through something, those scriptures begin to bubble up inside of you, right? They pop up and you find yourself stronger than you could possibly ever have been without that. So there's other things as well, you know, that, um, that God has worked with me personally on my mindset and, you know, with this whole thing, with the scriptures, is even at work sometimes, you know. How many of us here have a nine-to-five? How many of us? Okay, a business, running a business in school. All right. There are times during the day, maybe after you've had lunch or you're really hungry or you're fasting, whatever the case may be, that you feel like your brain is just, there's nothing coming. You need to write a report. You need to have a meeting. And you're like, Lord, I need your help because I'm going to just go and say rubbish in that meeting. You know, <laughs> you know, I find myself, you know, just being like, God, Holy Spirit, as in right now, I need your help. These are practical day to day things that we do. Right. Is I need your help right now. I need help with this meeting. I need help with this report. I need help with this you know, thing I'm trying to do and all that. And what I found is that he actually helps you. Even if you have a not so great idea, he might send somebody your way that has a better idea. And you guys now have a discussion. And before you know it, you're like, ah, this is my idea. Ashe can be so bad, you know, and it can be so good. So, you know, the whole point is we need to practical. You people should just laugh at me. It doesn't matter. I won't stop. You know, but the point is we need to practicalize these things and apply them to our daily life, to our businesses, to our jobs, and to everything. You know, you declare scriptures about, you know, innovation. You know, there's scriptures in the Bible actually about innovation. There's scriptures, you know, about the sons of Issachar discerning times and seasons. You know, you need to declare those kinds of things. Yesterday, I heard that um, Instagram is not going to allow you purchase inside app. Anybody else hear that just? You heard that only in the but the tech people in the house, chop knuckle. You know, so I heard apparently that now Instagram is going to let you purchase inside the app to mean that you don't have to click to go outside the app to purchase. First of all, what that means is that we're going to be spending a lot more money, right? Because now you can just click, ah, this girl's dress is fine. Before you have even reasoned as to whether you need that dress or not, you have clicked and you have buy it. Ah, these guys' shoes are cute. You click and you buy it. You know, these things sound good, but they're actually a problem. But you know what I thought about? I said, ah, this Mark Zuckerberg fellow, this guy has vision. This guy is just taking over the internet. So now Amazon should be scared, right? Because if I can purchase inside of Instagram, why do I need to go on Google and do a search or go to that person's website? You know, there's so many things that are affected by these little things. And this is somebody that is just simply understanding the times and the seasons. He knows how many people are coming onto Instagram every single day. He owns, I mean, 
He owns Facebook, he owns Instagram, he owns WhatsApp. You know, if I read Google or um, Amazon, I would actually be really frightened at the moment because I'd be like, these, these guys, let me go and look for some laws, you know, that's going to stop him because what happens is that he's not thinking, he, he wasn't thinking Facebook and networking. He was thinking takeover. Do you understand? And that's what the power of God has given all of us the ability to have discernment of times and seasons, knowing what to do per time, per season, how to get all of us here buying more things, how to get all of us here, you know, singing those songs, you know, all these things that, frankly, as believers, we already have them inside of us, but because we're not really activating them, they're just lying dormant. So please, I would like you all to please really take some time to study, you know, different scriptures about your mindset, work on it, you know, read, read about innovation, read about times and season, read about all these things, about favor, about grace, look at all the stories of people that run businesses, even in the Bible, and see how we can help you in your day-to-day life. Yeah? Um, okay. How much time do I have? Is anybody helping me keep time? I'm good. Uh-huh. Okay, awesome. All right, thank you. Okay. Great. So just, you know, keep on studying, internalizing, and declaring these words, and let them become one with you. Now, if you know that you're one of those people that when you were younger, when they wanted to teach you something, it's not shit. Some of us, we didn't grab as quickly as some other people. Some people here, they grab things really quickly. Some people, they had to, <laughs> they had to beat them, you know, or they had to yell at them for them to, you know, get it. Then you need to figure out what works for you. But the point is, whatever it is that you need to do, I have no shame in putting scripture. At my desk in my office, you, you cannot come there and not know that, know that I'm a Christian. I have frame. In fact, somebody gave me a um, picture frame one day as a gift, and, I, and I, I randomly print out scriptures online, and I cut them out, and I put them in the frame. And she said to me, she goes, oh, I thought you were going to put a picture of your family. I say, hey, but I know what they look like now. <laughs> Why do I put their picture on my desk? This is what I need to be seeing every day, so that when people are annoying me in the office, I remember that I am the light of the world and the salt of the earth. Do you understand? I don't need to be looking at my husband and my children. I know them. They know me. Do you understand? But the point is, you need to do whatever it is that you need to do to achieve these results. Because we are not called to be ordinary. You know, I think about the blood. How how many of us were here on Sunday? Okay, a few of us were here. You know, when Pio was sharing, you know, and taking us through that journey of the blood and Jesus Christ carrying the cross, that was a lot of sacrifice for me to be ordinary, for you to be ordinary, you know? So we need to really make sure that we are imposing these things. So if you know you're a bit more stubborn than others and you don't like to learn, find some other tips and tricks can work for you. The Lord will give you the way. Amen. The second thing is distractions. Okay. So when it comes to this story of distractions, you know, the question is actually what are distractions? So as these things are contending with our destiny and all that, a lot of them come in form of distractions. So, you know, the devil doesn't come to us with a, <laughs> with a pitch, pitchfork, horns. He doesn't. Sometimes he might even come in form of your sister. Don't tell her I said so. Or your brother, even your mom, <laughs> you know, your dad. That's the truth. You know, he doesn't come in in what we are expecting or what the movie said. Some people are laughing. Don't, don't tell your parents I said that. The devil comes in form of them. I'm not there. But the point is that he doesn't come as the movies have shown him coming. He comes very slick. He might even come as a slick dude. And hello, you are single? Thinking, why not? And he's just a devil. Anyway. Let me just focus. Let me not um, veer off in that direction. So there are two scriptures that I really love that speak about distractions and Jesus. You know, there are some things that when you read them, you're like, Jesus had to do this. If Jesus was fasting and praying, who are you not to fast and pray? If Jesus was discerning, who are we not to be discerning? Do you understand? Anyway, let me get back to my point. So John 6.15 says, So Jesus perceiving that they were intending to come and take him by force, 
to make him king, withdrew again to the mountain by himself alone. You know, there are some times that when I read the Bible, I don't lie, I'm like, they not say by himself alone. They say by himself already. Why was told that to add alone? It's to show you that that by himself was really alone. He didn't go with, you know, his best friend, you know, his buddy. He went by himself. Now, Jesus perceived that they were about to make him king. On earth, somebody that's king in heaven, if it was some of us, God knows I would have been distracted. We have said, ah, this crown is not bad. Let me just become king here. Let's just end this thing right now, you know? But the point is, Jesus figured out what they were trying to do, and he very quickly ran away. In fact, what this whole thing of, um, it says, we drew again to the mountain by himself alone. I think Jesus just picked three. Like, but you people are lack of bars. In your that means you are set up at six. You're, you're trying to take me down. I'm not interested. This is not what I'm here for. I'm focused on my mission, right? So that's a distraction, right? People hailing you. Hey, go Jesus. Go Jesus. It's your birthday. It's your birthday. And Jesus was like, no, 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 no. Calm down, guys. The second one that I really like is Matthew 16, 21 to 23. Ah, this one pains me anytime I read it. It's Paul Peter. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord. This shall never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Can you guys imagine you are a disciple of Jesus? As you people are, you are ones and twos, man. You are homies. I don't know all the slangs that people say now, but let me just say my own back in the day slangs. As you are homies, man. That's your guy, your peeps. You're not saying, Jesus, they can't. They can't kill you. They can't. Ah, no, don't say that kind of thing. I rebuke it. I come against anybody coming to know you on the cross. Jesus now talks to you and says, I rebuke you, devil. As he looks you in the eye. Let me not look at anybody. I rebuke you, devil. Do you know how that must have felt for Peter? Can we just imagine how Peter must have felt? Like, but I, I, I love you. I don't want them to kill you. This is the same Peter that a few days after did something, but let's just leave Peter alone. You know? But the point is, these are distractions. Do you understand? Even his disciple, his guy, you guys, they built, isn't the Peter that they built the church on? This is the guy, this is a serious, this is not just any kind of quick disciple. This is one of the main guys, one of the mainest guys. Disciples, I'm sorry, I didn't really mean that. I was just joking. But the point is that he was a main disciple. And he said this because for him, it was emotions. Oh my God, they can't kill you, God. I love you, Jesus. You're great. And he was like, I beg, I rebuke you. And you know, I like this was short and sharp. He didn't speak too much English. Just, I rebuke you, Satan. You know, I'm like, pizza. Sorry, sorry. You know, but the point is, these are the things that Jesus himself experienced. Jesus also. If Jesus experienced this, what of you every day? Some of you, as you are here, you're experiencing some distractions. You're laughing. You know it's you. And you and you. you are ex- he's poking you like this. <laughs> your phone is vibrating in your pocket. Some people, somebody is pinching you next to you. Some people are checking out somebody's face beats, somebody, somebody else's suit. The point is that these things are distractions, right? And we have to be very intentional about how we deal with them. So how did Jesus deal with these things? It's clear from these two scriptures. The first one was he just separated himself. He didn't even... Whoa. As people are trying to crown me king, can you guys imagine the uproar? The ex- like, oh, let's crown him. I'm sure that it was like a party, you know, a lot of people around. Jesus just snuck out and went to go and separate himself. Um, he also knew what God had said about him. So even when Peter was trying to, you know, got emotional and was saying, oh, no, they can't kill you, ha, ha, ha. 
he was like, peace out, man. What that means is that sometimes people might not even agree with what God has told you. You just stay focused. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Another thing that he did, the last thing that, that he really did was he rebuked Peter. You know, So you have to rebuke, ignore, block. There are, vo- there, see, there are some voices that they don't have to come, with, come to you in, in voice. <laughs> it might come to you in image. It might come to you in text, in WhatsApp, like older people like to say. It might come to you, you know, in God emails. Do you understand? It might come to you. Some people like to say Google on Google. It might come to you via Google, <laughs> Google, whatever it is. You know, but the point is these things are coming and they are distractions. And you have to know what they are. They might not come as Peter, your best tool, you know, trying to say something directly. It might come in other forms. And we have to know what these things are and deal with them so that they don't take us away from our destiny. The third thing is discernment. What is discernment? Big word, discernment, discernment. Discernment is simply the ability to judge right from wrong. Judge well, good judgment, exercising good judgment, right? Now, I personally see discernment as a superpower because I feel like if I can be discerning enough, there's no way that I'm not going to be flying, as in every day will just make sense because that means that for every single situation, I literally know what to do right? If somebody comes to me with a funny spirit, I know it. If they come to me with a lie, I know it. Come to me with the truth. You know, like you're figuring, like you know every single thing. And these are one of the dormant things that we all have inside us as believers. See, once you have accepted Jesus Christ and you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, you have discernment. You just have to activate it. So there's a scripture, and then it was beautiful, it activate it. Okay, go food. Activate it. Sorry. Ah, okay. So Hebrews 5.14 says, but solid food is for the mature. For those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. I really like this scripture because it says trained by constant practice. So I never realized that there's actually a training process in discernment. You don't just discern. Yeah, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. He helps you. But you also have to train yourself to know how to discern. It's by constant practice. And so discernment is not one of those things that you just take for granted. It's a lifesaver, frankly. You know, discernment has saved many lives. That's the truth. Um, Your discernment can save your life and the life of others around you. Do you understand? It's not just for you. It's for others as well. It can save families. It can save destinies. And so the training that this scripture speaks about is something that we have to take seriously. You need constant practice. So every day you need to work on your discernment. You need to literally like go into situations and ask Holy Spirit to help you discern. Somebody's talking to you, Holy Spirit, help me discern. My boss is, you know, asking me a question and I'm getting angry. Holy Spirit, help me discern. Am I being emotional? Am I being, you know, not, you know, in everyday situations, you need to practice discernment. And as you practice it, it gets sharper and sharper. And before you know it, you are an excellent discerner. And listen, once you can be an excellent discerner of things, you are a superstar. I guarantee you, you need a promotion in your office. If you can discern well, they'll promote you. Why? Because you will know the right answer. You will know, you will just always be saying the right, and you'll be like, ah, this person always just knows what to say, knows what to do. Even in your business, in your industry, you'll be able to discern. I mean, look at Mark Zuckerberg's example just now. This guy sees all of you scrolling on Instagram. He's like, let me put this thing inside this app now. Buy it from here. That's discernment. Do you understand? So that ability to discern is actually a life-saving ability. And not just like life, like you die, but even for your growth, you know, for your improvement, for your business to thrive, for your person to thrive, for your health and all that stuff, you know. Discernment is quite important, and we have to keep training ourselves about it. 
So the other thing um, that you know kind of comes to play when we talk about discernment is forces, right? So I spoke at the beginning about things that are contending with our lives, you know, and our destinies. And what are these things? They are forces. Simply put in the Bible. The Bible says we're not battling against flesh and blood. Half the time when you are fighting somebody, you're actually fighting a spirit. Because not the person. The spirit that the person allows to use them. Sometimes I tell myself, I'm like, ah, this person. No problem. I'm just going to walk away and remind myself that this is spirit. And I rebuke that spirit inside of you. Even my children sometimes. And see, that your behavior. No, 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 no. I rebuke the spirit of that behavior inside of you. Because really, most times, it's spirits. Spirits are looking for vessel. Good and bad spirits. Everybody's looking for vessel to operate in. If you leave yourself open like this, enter you, operate through you. That's the truth. That's how they operate. And so, the forces that we're talking about are not... It's, so, it's not always the physical person. It's the spirit behind the actions, right? And the spirit that is operating within them. So I'm going to give you guys um, an example of a time that I had a job. Very interesting. Ah, this job was very interesting. So this job of mine, there was serious spiritual contention. Don't ask me how I knew it. That's a whole other sermon for another day. I'm not sure that PI would ever let me speak about that <laughs> on this stage. I'm kidding. But um, I had really serious spiritual contention at this job. You know the kind of job that when you, you might not know, hopefully you don't know, or maybe you should actually know, because maybe it's happening to you and you don't even know. And I get to work, and I come out to my car, and I'm shake. If I once were pulling up to the streets, I'm speaking as in I'm speaking in tongues, because I know that the spirits in that atmosphere are deep spirits. And so, I remember that even meetings sometimes, you know, if we had a scheduled meeting, I'm actually even was fast, maybe like three days before, as I had to prepare myself because the Ogbolobo people that were in the meeting. Their spirit, Obolobo, was a bit Obolobo-ish. And so I had to prepare myself. No, but that's just the truth. You know, I'm cracking these things as jokes. But that, listen, this is the reality. We are contending with spirits. If you are doing business in your industry, there's spirits. Don't deceive yourself, you know. Anyway, so I now started studying the book of Daniel, you know. And I actually got a lot of principles from the book of Daniel. How many of us think that before, he, you know, Daniel went into captivity, Abby? Is that on Daniel? Is it the one? Good. When Daniel was in his home, was he praying and fasting? They were praying and fasting in Babylon. Do you think that he was doing that? No, could he possibly have been with his family, hanging out in their home, just praying and fasting? When the sun is bright, the trees are blooming, the children are running around the streets, is when they captivated him that suddenly his, anyway, what to call it, captured or captivity, though. You shall understand what I'm saying. That's when Daniel. The guy, if I, you know what, I wish maybe, I think I'm, I'm going to go and look for me. Maybe there's previous, like, pre-Babylon of Daniel. I want to see how he was, how the guy just changed. Situation and circumstances, forces changed him. You know, and when I was studying it, I realized that, man, this Daniel guy is deep. Because for Daniel to have made it to the top in that, you guys, you guys think that the world is bad. Babylon. Babylon was, I mean, was just wrong on all levels. And he made it to the top there. You know, and you would see Daniel. People are eating. He said he's going to eat vegetable. Some of you here, your, <laughs> your big guy would have entered that meat. <laughs> you would have eaten it in the spirits. Before you can even say you don't want to eat. And that's just the truth. That's how a lot of us are. But the point is that Daniel did not just grow up. He didn't just born praying and fasting. Nobody's born like that. Circumstances and situations. And he made it to the top. His destiny was where he got to because he was focused. So, there's a scripture in Philippians 4, 67 that says, don't worry about anything, 
but pray about everything. With thankful hearts, offer up your prayers and requests to God. Then, because you belong to Christ Jesus, God will bless you with peace that no one can completely understand. And this peace will control the way you think and feel. So, you know, what the scripture is, is saying is we just have to pray about everything. I mean, it says pray. Don't worry about anything. Pray about every. He didn't say some things. He said pray about every single thing. And that means even the most random and mundane of things in your life, you're supposed to pray about them, right? But you know what I also really like? is Matthew 17, 21 that says, Jesus is talking here. He says, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. And you know what that essentially just means is that there are levels, right? There are some situations that cause for your, either your, your pigeon prayer, your phone, anywhere you, anywhere you want to pray, that's cute. It calls for it. There are some that are, you know, your, your five minutes, I mean, a hurry prayer is okay. I mean, the shower prayer. There are some that Jesus said this kind does not go out. See, Jesus could do anything he wanted to do. And Jesus is saying this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. That is instructional for us, right? It shows that our discernment needs to be on the level where we can even discern the situation that's for ordinary prayer and the one that's for praying and fasting. The one that calls for one week fasting, dry fa- you know, there's different levels of things that God will drop in your heart. Somebody's laughing, okay? That'll drop in your heart based off of the fact that there are actually deep spiritual forces that are contending with our destinies. I mean, we hear stories all the time. I don't know if you guys hear them. Maybe because I'm a bit older, maybe that's when I hear them. You know, I hear stories like people saying, oh, in our family, no woman has ever this or no man has ever this. If I have a friend whose family that is, so all the women, if they marry, is that the husband die or he doesn't do it? Simple. That's not normal. Jesus Christ, this blood, was it shed for popcorn and fun? This blood was shed for real. It cannot happen. So we have to discern. Now, if you identify that in your family, there's some funny things that are going on. Is that the time for your cute prayers? You are in a hurry, you are praying. <laughs> you are rushing. You don't have time to pray. I need to get my makeup done so I can get to work on time. Really? Okay, do it. Just go on and see if you know those things that you want to happen will happen. They won't because even Jesus Christ has told us that there are some kinds that don't go out except through praying and fasting. And this is also why we shouldn't compare ourselves to others, right? Because the truth is that all of us have, you know, there are different things, you know, I suppose maybe generationally that might have happened in our families, right? And you don't know what's happened in Lamide's family or Felicia's family or P.I.'s family. P.I.'s from Benin. I'm not going to make any comments about that. Because he's always throwing shade at us Yoruba people. So today I have the mic, but I'm, I'm not going to do it. I respect you, sir. I love you. Love you, P.I. <laughs> But the point is, all our families, there are things that we are contending with. There are spirits. There are things that I've identified in my own family that I bind and cast on the regular. Because I've seen that this thing, I can say that it's a trend. And trends, trends are good when they are maybe for economic, you know, for uplifting. When it's for downputting, no, 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 no. It's not an okay trend. Any trend that's not lifting you up is doing what? Taking you down or leaving you on the same level. So people tell you that for the past 40 years, they've, ah, ah, 40 Half of you here are half half of 40. Imagine somebody telling you that your lifetime's two. They've been experiencing a problem. That is what forces do. Do you understand? So we have to have this discernment. And he says it here, by training, you discern. So this is not a joke. You know, it's not like, oh, discern. Mm -mm. It is a serious matter. We have to be able to discern good and evil. And discern when to do what, when to pray normally, when to fast and all that good stuff. 
when you have to even go to your pastor, you know some, some things, eh, as you are bearing it, it's heavy. It's like the cross that you just go, Pastor, Pierre, they say you are busy. I will stay here for three hours and wait for you. I must to see you today. That's seriousness. Do you understand? Because there's some things that when they are happening, you have to detect and say, this one is not ordinary. I cannot pray on my own about this matter. This one is not about, you know, no, 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 no. This is not about me and my, you know, and my usual prayers. I need to get on a higher level. When you hear that we're doing a vigil, some of you, that's the day that you want to go and watch Avengers. They say Avengers is coming out tomorrow. When they say we're doing a vigil. Some of, no, seriously, but you know, there, there are some things that are happening that they are the solutions are right in front of us, but we just kind of say, oh, no, it's not a big deal. You know, some people blow from there. All the, all the ladies in my family, you know, they have such a hard time finding husbands because we're so smart. <laughs> really, boo. <laughs> Your family is the only smart family in the whole universe. Continue. Or some guys, you know, yeah, you know, you, all my uncles, they all have baby mamas. Really? And that's cute? That's not cute. All your uncles have some. See, my, let me not disgrace either. I, I will not say which side, whether father or mother's side. I have one side of my family. All my uncles, they are baby mamas. And I remember my mother saying, My son, in fact, she was, she said, I will, this boy will never, you know. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I gave it away. Sorry, mommy. She'll be all right. We joke about it all the time. Actually, you don't, well, no. There's no, <laughs> there's no coming back from that. But the point I'm trying to make here is just that, you know, there are things that we have to observe, right? We can't be ignorant about the devices of the enemy. He's contending with our destiny. Some of you are not married yet with the destiny of your spouse, your unborn children. It is a constant war. But the beauty is what? We have who? We have who? And what did he shed for us? And that blood is amazing. It sorts everything out, but we have to go to it. You know, the thing about God is, you know, he's a relational God. He's a relational God. <laughs> Love you, Busaya. Thank you. He's a relational God, right? The Bible says, ask and. So we have to go and ask him. You know, some of us think that God is like magician, Houdini. Who, who, who? I'm not just going to talk to him about it. He's going to sort it out. Hey, don't talk. Just pass your lips together forever. You have to go to him and discuss. You know, if you've got a problem that you want somebody to help you solve, your boss, your friend, don't you go and discuss this. Or do you just say, maybe some of you here like people to be reading your mind. So you say, I won't talk about this. I want the person to perceive my problem. <laughs> some people are actually like that. No, but some people are actually like that. Some people want people to perceive, just sense their problem. Didn't I look obviously hungry? Could you tell I needed food? I was obviously thirsty. I was coughing. Couldn't you figure out that I needed water? Really? Don't talk and say, please, I need, you know, I need help. You know, I need help. I need this. I need that. We need to be able to speak. And that's the same way it is with our father. It's a relationship. It's communication. Can see Josh coming up. Josh on the keys. In my past life, I wanted to be a rapper. Can you guys tell? Because, you know, I have random moments. Can you tell? Never <laughs> means that he perceives this. You are a descending brother, sir. Keep on training that spirit. I like it. <laughs> anyway, I hope that you guys kind of get my point um, about this whole thing, you know, just with discernment and knowing how to ask God for things and just kind of going before him. So those are my three Ds. Um, I want us to pray. I want us to pray um, about discernment specifically. Weju is going to join me. Weju, come up. Prayer warrior, Weju. Please, let's clap for Weju as she comes up. 
So we're going to pray about discernment. We don't have much time, but I really want us to pray about it because I think that discernment is the key to many of our breakthrough. Many of us here need breakthrough. We need something and our discerning spirit is going to help us. Have you ever heard those stories about somebody that just said, ah, I was sitting in the bus or I was sitting in a conference, I was sitting in a meeting and the person next to me, I was just, just asked me a question and I answered them and they just helped me. They gave me, a, you know, like that person just did something that was their need in the moment. Do you understand? Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? I mean, don't we want that? That we're in situations and our helpers are around us and that they are active. So we're going to pray about discernment. We're going to pray about discernment, okay? Do you have a mic? Help me to give a mic. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. Let's all pray in the spirits. Let's pray in the spirit. Let's go before our Father and let's pray in the spirit. Thank you for listening to a message from the Life Point Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash lifepointng.com.